self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists what's going on it's your boy mr on point and i am calamity red and we are conversation con artists back for another episode gator booth with a pimped out gucci suit gucci suit <laughs> Ain't got no job. I don't know why. You did the bird call before you hit play, and that made me. That think was of, just my test, uh, microphone testing sound. Y'all need to. I wish that y'all could hear the way he tests these microphones every week. <laughs> yeah. That was my test today. So she put in cash money mode. It's, it's all right things. because we'll be talking shit about Lil Wayne today. Yeah. So we'll run into the situation just fine. Yeah. What I'm going to need y'all to do is check out the website, www.comstagecontartist.com, where you can check out our old episode, our current episode, the articles that we are currently talking about today, as well as uh, leaving us some input um, through a mail, through the mail, email. Through a mail? <laughs> My words. I don't know what's happening. Through the email link on the side, you can subscribe to our newsletter, or you can send us some emails, do all of that. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. And I can be found at Red underscore Calamity. Also, we're still doing the list letter portion of the show. So if you have a question you would like for us to answer, you can send it in through the website or you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartists at gmail.com. Or you can send it in through our Facebook page, which is what our where our letter comes from today. And it's long as shit. <laughs> <laughs> it is long. Now, it is indeed. I would like to remind you of a few things before I read this letter that this this listener is from the UK and he experienced the Brexit so which is essentially it goes into his question and you know but we'll get into it alright something Mr. On Point said in the previous podcast reminded me of how I was feeling pri- prior to the UK referendum on Britain leaving the EU Specifically, when he said that a Trump presidency would perhaps be so monumentally disastrous as to quieten a lot of the more angry right wing voices that have grown in strength and vitriol since Trump's campaign started. I remember reading a theory that if you went back in time to kill Hitler as a baby, you probably return to a present where something similar to the Nazi party still rose out of the ashes of post-World War One Germany because one man can't influence history that much. The situation Germany was in during the 30s meant that it was opening to listening to vit- virulent hate speech and Hitler wouldn't have made that only piece wouldn't have been the only piece of shit running around with those opinions and delusions of power. Similarly, if Hitler had been around 30 years earlier, he probably would have died angry, frustrated and poor because because the country around him wouldn't have listened with that idea in mind this is the first question okay. it's a bunch of them <laughs> with that idea in mind would you say that america is simply in a position to be ready to accept trump now so let me say something first what he's talking about the theory that he's talking about or the theory that you're talking about michael is the zeitgeist theory it's that means spirit of the times in german uh versus the great man theory these are two theories the zeitgeist theory proposes that the society and the culture and the conditions that's going on right now call for a person to be a leader mm-hmm. for example the 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 what was going on in germany called for a hitler mm-hmm. because everybody was ready to listen to a hitler mm-hmm. the civil rights movement that time called for a martin luther king jr mm-hmm. because everybody was ready to listen to a martin luther king jr mm-hmm. it doesn't give any any credit to the man because the times just called for somebody to be in that position. The same thing as when you talk about Albert Einstein and the theory of relativity. There was somebody across the world creating it at that exact same time. 
as he was because the knowledge that everybody had amassed at that time called for that thing to be discovered. Opposed to the great man theory, which indicates that there are men that have such charismatic and high characteristics like Hitler, like Martin Luther King Jr., that they are the ones that brought about that change. And so that's what he's saying. And so I think the question that he's asking, the first question that he asked Hinder goes to the zeitgeist theory is what's going on in our country. Is it just ready to accept the Trump right now? I mean, I think that it, I don't, so I, okay. So the theory I think is one that I'm kind of questioning simply because the way that I feel about where we are right now is that these people always felt this way. It, it, they, they've been feeling this way but Trump has given them a voice the same way that I feel like the people who, who joined the Nazi party were people who had always felt that way yet they didn't have the charisma they didn't have the means they didn't have the voice in order to bring all of the people that had this like mindset together and so that charismatic person is able to do that because these folks been feeling this way you know what I'm saying but I feel like now they feel more comfortable saying it and i think that even if trump isn't voted in next week i feel like because they've been given a voice now with the 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 ramifications of him even running for office i feel like we're gonna feel them for the next few years because now like and i think it was south carolina a uh, black church was burned and then they wrote uh spray paint and vote trump on the just shit like that i feel like they feel empowered because of him now and so i feel like because of that they're just more open to say shit that they were already feeling i think that this has been the climate of the country for a while nobody just they weren't confident enough to do the shit they doing now and trump gave them that confidence to be outwardly racist to be outwardly um homophobic to be just to be who they are essentially he gave them the green light to do that and they're gonna keep doing it even if he don't get voted in next uh week which i hope he doesn't that's my how i feel about it so when it comes to a the when it comes to like hitler and the civil rights movement and everything you're talking about cultures and environments that have continuously built and built and built and built and got to a point of tension or a point of frustration in which change was needed. I don't think that's what's been happening in America. I think that the change that America has been getting has been the change we're supposed to be getting. It's not tension. It's getting less and less and less tension. In that way, it suppressed the group of people that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at America, for white, straight, Christian, heterosexual men, shit's always been copacetic. Yeah, It's been always great. been great. <laughs> we had no problems. But now... You're saying, hey, you need to value brown people. Hey, you need to value gay people. Hey, all of these different religions. Hey, you can't have this at this capital. You can't do this. It's making a very uncomfortable existence for those people. And those people are a small group. And those people are diminishing in numbers because they old and they dying. But what's happened is Trump has come out and has represented all of the things they want. Because the world has essentially been shutting them up. Yep. Hey, you can't say this. Hey, you can't do this. Hey, you got to work behind, by, by these people. Hey, you got to hire these kind of people. They've been shutting their voices up. But Donald Trump is saying all of the stuff that they want to be saying out loud. And so he's strengthening 
the voice that they wish they had and now they come out in droves so in that way i don't think it represents a mass uh american dynamic in which the whole country is ready to accept donald trump i just think that the right which is predominantly people of you know of his support they've always supported republicans and now they get to support republicans and have that voice the great orange cheeto yeah but so i don't think donald trump or his supporters fall in either one of those categories i think that this is a very isolated situation that nobody could have predicted that somebody like donald trump would be in this instance it time hasn't built up and built up and built up and created a situation where trump is needed somewhere he just happened to pop up and people is like yeah he don't represent the establishment yeah he say whatever he want to say yeah he's a successful businessman and they're latching on to that stuff and is they're kind of successful business like every time somebody say that i just I, think about all hell no nah, he ain't no successful businessman but he's <laughs> a, su- they, he's they a successful he marketer yes he's okay. marketed his name phenomenally <laughs> yes to be able to put himself in a position where people can say Okay. He's a good businessman. Yeah. He's done that shit well. <laughs> yes, he has. You know what I'm saying? Very well. And so people have that has put a people in a position to say, I will vote for him, I will support him. Even though regardless, those same groups of people would still be supporting any Republican candidate that was up there because they Republicans. Yeah. You know, so to me, it don't even represent a big, vast majority of larger group of people. That's supporting Trump. I just think of the same people that would be voting Republican anyway, just saying that I vote, I support Trump for all of these other reasons, but it's because he's a Republican for the yeah. most part. And well, so, let's go to the next question. Yeah. Do you think Trump losing would change the fact that America as an entity wanted to vote for him in quite a big way? No. That's why I think that goes back to what I was just saying about the fact that now that these people have had somebody to give them back their voice, I, I think that his campaign is going to be a campaign that's going to have an impact on the culture of America for the next few years because those voices are going to have to be quieted back down, as it were. Like, the voice that they've gotten in the... the, the so the people that wanted to support him that are still going to be out here trying to do this racist shit and doing this homophobic shit, um, they're going to, I don't think that they're going to just go back into the shadows simply because he don't win. I think this is going to be something we're going to have to like deal with and it's going to have a ripple effect for a little while anyway. I think the mere existence of Donald Trump and this dynamic is going to have a ripple effect mm-hmm. on the Republican and Democratic Party. Well, Donald Trump is going to have a ripple effect on the Republican Party. Bernie Sanders is going to have a ripple effect on the Democratic Party Mm -hmm. because the traditional Republican Party is seeing that, hey, people are voting for this non-traditional Republican Donald Trump for these bunch of reasons. They're going to find out what those reasons are and they're going to try to change their rhetoric to fit that. But that's scary because the reasons are terrible reasons. That's all they're doing. (laughs) That's all the Republican Party been doing this whole Trump campaign, (sighs) seeing that he got bullshit spewing out but you know what? We would rather have the bullshit spewing out than this other side that we don't even agree with. And then you got the Democratic side, which is going to be influenced by Bernie Sanders because you got Democrats saying, whoa, Bernie Sanders came out here with all these non-traditional ideals and he picked up a lot of steam and a lot of action. And so that's going to that's going to eliminate the Hillary Clintons. She got to she got to move. She got to move her direction. She's going to have to move in her ideals farther away from the right over to the left because Hillary is like center left somewhere because she is connected to corporations in, yeah. to that degree. Bill Clinton was too. 
opposed to Bernie Sanders, who is like all the way left, as opposed to you know the Republican Party. So it's shifted both. It's shifting both of these parties into different directions, and I just think that Trump is not. I lost what the question is. Hell, <laughs> whether or not he wins, whether is it going to have a? I think that the way that it's going to have an effect on America is it's going to change the rest of politics. But the thing is, I don't think another Trump is coming. Let's hope not. <laughs> it ain't another Trump. It ain't no it ain't nobody else that going to have a dynamic of Trump coming. Because anybody else, if a Republican come out of the woodwork tomorrow that was just like Trump but didn't have all that Trump all that past shit, he'll win. And that's what I think going to happen. I think that the Republicans are going to change. are going to look for somebody that's very Trumpish. Somebody who is willing to say what it is. Somebody who is willing to say, you know, and do the things that Trump has been doing, but don't have that past that they can look up and is a better speaker. They're going to change. They got to change their dynamic because they see this shit didn't work out. All of them Republicans that were on the stage with Donald Trump, who ain't up there no more, they had a roundtable meeting saying, how in the fuck did this happen? Shut up, Ben Carson. You don't get to talk. How did this <laughs> shit happen? <laughs> we're going to figure it out, and we're going we gonna to find somebody that's like that because we out. Where is this listener from again? The UK. I'm, I've got to, you know, i got to figure out where I'm going to go if Trump goes <laughs> with You ain't going nowhere because you ain't got your damn... You, we gonna know a Trump one on Wednesday. You gonna be here for six months before you get to leave. Hey, but that's fine. That, I get everything in 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 a row mm-hmm. while I'm waiting to get my passport because <laughs> I'm leaving. Me and Kingston. <laughs> Do you think that a Democrat victory would stop the wave of division in the U.S. by dissipating his support base, or will it serve to amplify the potential for unrest by further polarizing the American people? I mean, it's already been people saying it was. Was he a senator talking about he gonna get his? I think we talked about this last week. He gonna get his musket if Tom Hillary. Walsh said yeah. he gonna get his musket if Hillary win. I again, I mean, I think that the people who are still at this point in the game, people who are in support of Trump are still going to be in support of his ideals and in support of those shitty things that he represents. And they, they're not. That's not gonna change because Hillary gets in office. I don't think. I think that. So one, I don't think that his support base is a new group of people. No. Mm-mm. Or is very strong. It's just it's the same group of people that been voting Republican that's had these ideals. They just now are able to support somebody that we don't necessarily agree with as a whole and a lot of them don't even agree with him as a whole they have to they're having to accept a lot of bullshit for a change you know from somebody who doesn't go along with the original you know political structure somebody who is outside of politics coming in completely outside of it he has no background in politics at all listen donald (laughs) trump coming into politics from the outside to me all that means is that he just walked into y'all family reunion, okay? <laughs> if a stranger walked into y'all family reunion, it don't matter how charismatic he is, how great he is. It's a certain level of shit that he can only do. He ain't finna get them big pieces of chicken. Hell no. He ain't finna get the first spoonful of potato salad. Nope. He getting at the back of the fucking line <laughs> because this is a family establishment and that's what it is. He's gonna walk into politics and realize that he is just as much as a puppet 
as all of these former presidents have, or yeah. recent former presidents have been. I mean, in the last 30 years, presidents haven't really been, they've been more a part of the establishment than, you know, individually implementing what they desire change to be. We talking about going back toward Reagan and even that might be too late. But when you go further and further back, presidents had a lot of fucking power. And now presidents are, they ain't the same. And so that being said, I don't think it's going to, it's going to change much with that. I just think that uh, it's going to be some unrest just because Donald Trump, through his rhetoric, has set up a precedent for people to believe that the system is broken for uh, if he lose that the system just showed you that it's broken because some for some reason he's supposed to win and that Hillary Clinton is crooked. He's painted a rhetoric to make a whole bunch of people bow out of democracy and challenge it. And not only that, but challenge the people that support the other side. Do you think Tuesday is going to be a peaceful day? I think Tuesday's going to be a peaceful day. We're going to see what happens Wednesday. <laughs> Tuesday's going to be peaceful as shit. Wasn't there like, hasn't there been issues at some of the places that have been doing like early polls where people have been getting harassed? I, I read something yesterday about a bunch of people standing up, like harassing black folks. I can't remember where it was. I should have looked that I up. I have no idea. Yeah, it's been, I think, I don't know that it's going to be so peaceful on Tuesday. Can you imagine a Trump win ever being better for the country long term than no. a Hillary win? No, absolutely <laughs> not. No, not in any. It may be Kanye Westland, but not in the <laughs> real world. The only situation in which I can see a Trump presidency in the long term being better than a Hillary presidency is if what I said in a few podcasts before is if running Republican is just smoking mirrors for Donald Trump to get in there and be a Democrat <laughs> and he actually start implementing shit that help everybody instead of just one group but I don't think that's the case because he already done said I'm going to vote for Republican far white right wing Supreme Court justices and we do not need that in this country at all we just don't if all legislation gets interpreted through the lens of right ring right wing Republicans, then we we gonna be in a shithole. But I think that some subtle implications of that question is: Would it be better to have Trump for civil rest instead of civil unrest? Because I think if Hillary Clinton win, what a lot of these groups are impl uh, implying is that there's gonna be a bunch of civil unrest between all of these different groups that Trump has spoken out against. Because but you know, so do you think it wouldn't still be civil unrest? I don't think the people who vote for Hillary would be the ones to do it, but I think that the people who would vote for Trump would be emboldened by him winning and still be out here doing fuck shit that people have to check them on. I still think it's going to be a problem either way. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I just think that they're going to be happy with their win and they're going to go back to their lives and ain't, ain't shit going to happen. Okay. You know, I think that a lot of us are going to have to fight more as far as LGBT, as far as brown people, as far as uh, different faiths and religions in this country. I think that they're going to have to fight more because it's going to be a lot more bold people out, but I think it's going to be circumstance by circumstance. I think it's going to be more of those instances, but I don't think it's going to be like a whole mass civil war or nothing like that. I don't think that's going to be the case. 
But you never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Because I, you had, if you had asked me at the beginning of Obama's last term if I thought something like Donald Trump actually being able to run for president and gathering the the acceptance and uh, the the fan base that he has, I would have laughed in your fucking face and told you absolutely not, Donald Trump. Mr. Comb over himself. You probably said not. that shit in the beginning. You yeah. probably said that shit in yeah. one, one of these episodes. And look at here where we are. So, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't put anything past anything right now. We're like a walking caricature of a country right now. Should Trump win? No. Do you think this... Should Trump win? Do you think a disastrous oh. <laughs> term would discourage his many supporters? No. Like if he won and had a horrible four no. years, because the same they are, are they justify everything that he does. Like all of this bullshit that then came out that he's done, they've been justifying it. And I feel like these are the kind that his supporters are the kind of people who would find justification in everything he did, or that would have some kind of excuse for everything he did. I don't think that they would ever admit that they made a mistake. They're not the kind of people who would do that. People who still support him right now and that's going to vote for him on Tuesday, they, they, they're not the kind of people who would acknowledge that they made a mistake in, in their support of him. I just don't believe that that would be the fucking case. So, no, I don't think that if he fucked up, which I'm sure is what's going to happen be, if he get in office, the, his supporters are going to blame it on everything else but him. It, the decisions that he, are made while he's in office won't be his fault. They'll just find other reasons or other scapegoats for his shitty ass term. So no, I don't think they would ever admit that they made a, a mistake. They're not the kind of people who do that. <laughs> and at the end of the day, from my perspective, his repo- his supporters are just Republicans. You know, I mean, it, that that's just what they are. And I think that his support base ain't going to go nowhere. It's just going to go to another Republican. You know, somebody who is going to come in and make the promises that Donald Trump made or similar promises. And that's how our country is. That's just how it's going to go. How hardcore a Trump supporter would you need to be to remain firm in your support in the face of it all going wrong? And what percentage would that hardcore be? I think all of his supporters are that that way. I don't think that, especially now, I feel like. Like the ones who are supporting him right now and are going to go vote for him on Tuesday are all hardcore supporters. Because at this point, enough shit then came out that anybody with common sense should be like, hell no, he's not suitable to be the fucking chief of staff, you know? So at this point, I think it's a hundred percent of the people that support him currently that are like that because they wouldn't be still voting for him otherwise. And, and so that was the last question <laughs> to wrap it up, <laughs> to wrap it up. I think that po- politics in America has become very, very polarized. Mm-hmm. It's one side versus the other side. Mm-hmm. And Van Jones, which is a CNN correspondent that used to work in the white house. I really like that dude like his videos and stuff he's very informative but he got a new little series and and he said something in the series he said uh justice and liberty uh liberty and justice for all right and he said that republicans believe in liberty which is individual freedoms and democrats believe in justice which is a group effort to you know create a better situation for groups of people which 
comes at the lo- at the cost of liberty. You know, liberty exclusively costs justice. You don't get justice in that. Mm-hmm. Justice exclusive by itself, you don't get liberty. He said that you're supposed to have justice and liberty to kind of counterbalance each other. When you just have liberty, you have this totalitarian system. And when you just have justice, then you have another kind of, uh, I guess, a socialist system. But when they are the checks and balances of each other, then you're good. You don't have the issues that you have today. But see, what we have is one side just exclusively want liberty. One side just exclusively wanted justice. And nobody is at the table trying to figure out how to get both of these things for everybody. So at the end of the day, Donald Trump supporters going to be Donald Trump supporters. Republicans going to support Republicans until we can sit around and have a dialogue about how to mesh these things together. Be bipartisan on the issues instead of partisan like we are. We're going to continue to have this isolated exclusive support base for Republicans and this isolated support exclusive support base for Democrats, which what that means is is a whole bunch of space in the middle for this independent party, for this Green Party, as we're seeing right now. Because a lot of people are saying vote for Johnson and vote for Jill Stein, even though Jill <laughs> Stein is kooky and Johnson don't know what the hell going on for real. People are that that it leaves a lot of room for that. So and that's why I'm going back to in order for the Democrat and Republican Party to change, they gotta bring it to the middle somehow. If they really value that two party system, they need to bring it in because people are gonna move into this four years of whoever president we got trying to figure out how we getting out of this shit. If Donald Trump win, everybody who's Democrat gonna be trying to figure out how do we get out of this shit. If Hillary Clinton win, everybody that's Republican gonna be trying to figure out how do we get out of this shit. And in order to get out of this shit, both of them parties are gonna have to change. But at the end he said, uh, Wow, that ended up way longer than I expected, but hopefully it makes sense. Let me know if it doesn't. I'd like to hear from you and get an opinion from across the pond on the election, especially from the con. There it is, Michael. <laughs> I, I like the question, though. I mean, I you know, I could talk about politics all day. Yeah, that's more your thing. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> that was cool for me. Uh, but, listen yeah. to the deal. Thank you for the letter. Uh, hopefully that answered all of your questions um again if you have a question that you would like or questions that you would like for us to answer on the show you can send them in through the website or to our gmail account which is conversationconartist at gmail.com or you could do what michael did and send it to the facebook page um as a chat and we will answer it um let's start off basic or a little more lighthearted because politics is weighing me down at the moment so Neiman Marcus, um, Neiman Marcus is selling a new item this this holiday season, and that new item is collard greens, and they're sixty six fucking dollars. Now, for those of you who don't know nothing about collard greens, collard greens is green, it's clearly grown in the ground, and clearly it's green. But let me tell you how delicious them things can be, okay? <laughs> so you get a grandma, right? And she puts hog malls in there, all kind of fats, all kind of seasoning, slow cooking for a long period of time, and you have the most tender, delicate texture. It's like a it's like a very slightly salt texture on the outside, but like with a firm crunch. It's delicious. And I put pepper sauce on mine because my grandfather used to soak peppers and vinegar for like the whole year to the holidays and then you pour that juice on the greens and I, them. I used to put Louisiana trappies Louisiana hot sauce on mine it's hot sauce with a green top a yellow tag and a bucking bull on the front of it 
<laughs> and it's delicious. It's not very hot, but it's very flavorful. And my daddy, he used to put cornbread in his oh, and yeah. mix it up and eat it with his hands. Yeah, that's some country shit. Yeah, it's, it's some my real country shit. My mom does that. It's country shit. Yeah. So, Greens I just want delicious. And that's a southern... I feel like that's a very southern thing. Not that they don't maybe have greens up north, but I feel like we really take our shits very seriously. Yeah. And so when I saw this shit on Neiman Marcus, I just know. One, they're not going to be worth $66. Two, they're not going to taste like what they're supposed to taste like. They're going to be like, they're not going to be Thanksgiving college. They're just not. I just, they're not going to be worth $66. And, and... To let you know, Neiman Markets really overcharged for everything. Yeah, they But do. if I was going to pay $66 <laughs> for some collard greens, it's going to be a grandmama that wear hats to church on Sundays, <laughs> that got rice in her salt, <laughs> that got three cast iron skillets on her stove right now clean, one big one, one 10-inch, one 9-inch, one 8-inch. <laughs> I can keep going. It's going to be that lady. <laughs> She gonna be the one who making my greens that I'm gonna give $66 to. If you think I'm gonna give some big ass corporation money with the expectation that they making some good ass collard greens, now the only exception to that possibly being good collard greens is if they go get them grandmamas. And you know they not. Bring their asses up to Neiman Marcus, have them cooking the shit out of them collard greens, and then they show me a picture of all of these grandmamas. Shit, the picture is that they don't even look like they the right texture and they got little bits of bacon in them and it just, <laughs> it no, Neiman Marcus. You can't just, just bring no. bacon, bacon bits on greens and it no. be alright. No, you cannot. It wasn't even in the right dish. No. Like, if you ain't eating collard greens out of the pan, like, it's supposed to be a big-ass pot full of greens yep. that you scoop the collard greens out of. Yep. You don't take them out of the pot that you cooked them in and put them in a damn corning wear glass baking dish. <laughs> that Hell no. If you ain't eating collard greens out the pan it was cooked in, you collard greening wrong, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. I saw something where people were like, saying that they were gentrifying <laughs> the greens. <sighs> they ain't gentrifying the no. greens because greens have been accessible to everybody who wanted to cook. Yes. They just ain't going to cook them right. <laughs> they ain't gentrifying it. They ain't because collard greens is not exclusively a black thing. It's no. not exclusively a southern thing. No. But if you come down here and in Birmingham, Alabama, if you go to Nikki's West, or if you go to Hattie B's, <laughs> or if you go to Rib It Up, if you go to one of these places and get some greens, you'll understand how greens are close to what they're supposed to be. Because those are still businesses. Yeah. If you want to know how greens really supposed to be, you need to come to my grandmama house. <laughs> you need to go to, you need to find a grandmama house to go to on Thanksgiving yep. if you want to really know what greens is about. Yep. Neiman Marcus, they might, they can make greens without it being gentrified. Anybody or, can make them. Yeah, they, they can they make can't them. make them right. <laughs> exactly. They can make them without it being gentrified. They can make it without it being appropriation, but they can't make them. They ain't going to make them good. They ain't going to make them right. So, okay, I'm going to talk um this is a stereotype and I know that it's a, it's a stereotype, but I just if you ever had food at like I have white friends. I've always had white friends. If you have food at their house, it is never as flavored as it is like at home or like when you make stuff it's not as seasoned it's not as 
It's a lot more bland. I got a theory for that. Because we're talking about people evolving over time. We are talking about changes in our bodies coming from what we experienced as a young culture. Okay. And so the young American culture here was enslaved. And what did they give us to eat? Fucking pig feet, pig ears, shit that are not naturally flavored. Mm-hmm. So in order to get the best out of the stuff that we had left, we had to over-season it. Mm-hmm. You had to put a lot of shit on, on it to bear the flavor of it. Opposed to white people who got the chops, who got the chicken breast, who got all of that shit, where it didn't have to be seasoned that heavily in order to get the natural flavors of, of the meat. Mm-hmm. And so over time... We just season shit because that's what's in our roots. And you know what? Slave masters didn't have to season shit. So, they taste buds ain't acclimated to what I was on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, over time, they don't have to have that much seasoning. The only other explanation is that their taste buds are naturally more... Sensitive? Sensitive to where it tastes food and ours are not. Which is something that you can never, ever test. <laughs> You can't test that, right? Like, how can you test the level of flavor and taste buds between cultures or yeah. between individuals? You can't. Yeah. And so maybe this thing that we can never test, we just have natural inclinations to have less sensitive taste buds and they have more sensitive. I don't know. Maybe, but I just know that the people at Neiman Marcus, they're not going to be flavored the way they're supposed to be flavored. they just not. And so Neiman Marcus, you know, y'all can kiss my ass. I will not be purchasing Needless to say, $66 Needless to say, if a white and a, a white family and a black family mix up between Thanksgiving, somebody ain't going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> something gonna be under season and something gonna be over season that's just how it's gonna be yep <laughs> unfortunately cause we flavor the shit out of <laughs> we season the shit out of everything listen everything. man listen man I got I got a collard green recipe <laughs> if you want it send a message on Facebook send a message to the email I give you my collard green recipe it's very involved <laughs> it's very delicious I don't slow cook them but I can get the same I won't say the exact same results, but I can get results that cater to my taste buds and how I like them. The rice and the salt shit. That was hilarious. I'm because telling you. Because my what? grandma did that shit. Like, <laughs> and you know, it don't even salt. do shit. No. I don't even think it do shit. I don't think it does either, but her salt shaker always had rice mixed up in there. And I could never figure out why the fuck she did that, <laughs> but she did. I can add some stuff now. I mean, a bag full of bags that come from Walmart. <laughs> uh, a, a thing of Crisco that got just old just grease in old it. Just old grease, yes. Toothpicks oh in a little thing that you pour out with the with the top on it. <laughs> a ba- basket of fake fruit on the on the you kitchen are table. You my grandma. <laughs> I'm telling you. To a <laughs> I'm exactly. I'm telling you. If if that's the grandma house you got. Or if you know some friends, ask your friends what kind. Ask your friends if they got this shit in their house. If they got them six things, go get some collard greens from that lady. <laughs> they gonna be delicious. Cakes too. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Okay. Little Weezy. So in a couple of podcasts ago, about five or six podcasts ago, Lil Wayne got on. What what show was it? Champ and Shannon Sharp show and he was like you know black lives matter ain't got nothing to do with him blah 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 
And, and that he thought racism that doesn't is going away because he would look out into the crowd and he would see a bunch of white faces and the white kids would be rapping along to his songs and all of this. Now shit. I gave Lil Wayne props. You did because he individualized his experience because he was willing to say, "I don't feel that way." In a time where people are recanting what they say for that value of their fans and the value of their support. Mm-hmm. That's what it was about. I wasn't supporting that shit he was saying. The shit he was saying is stupid to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't think he recognized that he's the exception to the rule. And so what happened is he was on Nightline and he had an interview in which the woman asked him about Black Lives Matter and he said, well, what is that? He know what the fuck it is. But she explained to him that it's this situation that people in America feeling like black lives don't matter and that's what they're you know portraying and representing and he said me being rich ain't that enough to show that they believe black lives matter it's a white cameraman recording me I'm a nigga don't that show you something and he said and she said don't you feel connected he said I don't feel connected to a damn thing that ain't got shit to do with me and so now the tides have turned <laughs> and now I got to be mad at his ass <laughs> for this bullshit ass irresponsible ignorant rhetoric that he's spewing about this situation now she asked him something that made him mad in the interview earlier she asked about his daughter because she talked about his music and shit first and him talking about bitches and hoes and drugs and guns and murder and he said well if somebody was calling your daughter that and I think that really I think it made him mad for real like I don't it didn't make him mad like that that was his explanation but Lil Wayne seemed like the kind of person that would get mad if you said something about his daughter uh, yeah. in relation to his music yeah. and the stuff that he say because mm-hmm. in in essence he would probably view it as you calling my daughter a bitch or a hoe <laughs> you know what I'm saying not the comparison of you're doing these things to, to women and if somebody do this to somebody to your daughter how does that look but that being said Lil Wayne is the exception to the rule and don't realize it now I've said this before about Ronald Reagan as well in a political sense Ronald Reagan had a silver platter fed him his whole life and he became successful. He had the illusion that he was successful because he had worked hard. But what <laughs> happened was he didn't work hard, but his perception was that he worked hard. So his idea of people that didn't get success as easily as he did was just lazy. And so that's what came. That's what started trickling down um, economics. That's what started him throttling all of these programs to black people because he just thought black people were fucking lazy. Well, let's say poor people, which predominantly mean black people, but poor people were lazy. And if they worked harder, they would get things. So ain't no point in the government giving stuff. If we give stuff to the rich people, you get money. In that way, I think Lil Wayne don't realize that he's an exception to the rule. He, at a fifteen, at 15 years old and younger, became a part of an organization that amassed wealth from music, a certain type of music. And I think from that, he's been excluded from experience that experiences that regular black people have. You don't see Juvenile saying this shit. You don't see Turk. (laughs) You don't see BG. You don't see all of the older people 
saying this because they experienced a lot of that shit when they was young. Lil Wayne has been protected by them dudes from a young age up. And I don't think he's experienced that shit. Just like Raven Simone. I just think that when you're a young person in that world, in that environment, you don't experience the depth of that shit that you would were you an older person or had you spent a lot of your young age struggling and suffering and being a regular person and not a celebrity. In that way, I understand his perspective, but with his fan base, it is very irresponsible to carry on giving delivering that message like that. But he raps about how hard his mama had to work and how hard life was for them and living in Louisiana. Like, you grew up in the with Ninth Ward in, in Louisiana. Like, I don't... I don't I, even with you not having experienced it for yourself with seeing all of the shit that everybody else gets to see in the news all of these murders happening by the police I don't know how you can be that completely removed from it I did I really don't believe he watched TV or none of that <laughs> shit the way that he looking like he might not be able to see with all them damn seizures and weed he smoked <laughs> <laughs> like a, I don't know but I think that it's likely that Lil Wayne grew up in a part of Louisiana that police didn't even fuck with. It would probably just street justice because when you're talking about when you're talking about some parts of New Orleans back then, when you're talking about some of them different wars, when you're talking about where Master PDM grew up, mm-hmm. when you're talking about cash money, you were likely just talking about an environment that just only had street justice where police but didn't come what, to. But that's what I'm, but even the fact that you live in an area that the police, the city don't give a fuck about that you are living, you know, in a rundown-ass home and nobody cares and nobody's trying to help y'all. That doesn't t- show you anything? It don't. It don't show you anything if you never had a, if you don't have a measure for comparison. But when you get out of it and you see what the world is like and what it could have been for you, you do have a comparison then. But, but we, me and you both know that by the time you're 15 and you get out of that world, that, that view of the world is solidified, pretty much. It's hard... To look at it from the base of comparison once you've established that this is just what life is. But other people have that same circumstance and are able to have a better mindset than he has. I don't think that that's an excuse for this. That's his, because his behavior. Lil Wayne done smoked his damn fucking <laughs> life away and he ain't got no damn common sense no more because he blow it out every time his fucking puff some smoke out. <laughs> he blow out more and more common sense every time he, he you know, take a hit of the blunt. His sanity, all that shit is going. Cause that would, if that was the case, every single child star would have the mindset that Lil Wayne has, where it's like, I never had to struggle. I, you know, I went from having somebody take care of me to being rich and and having everybody adore and love me. Every child star would be that way, and they're not. Like, well, Raven Simone well, that and Lil Wayne, stupid. those are two. Well, hold on, <laughs> they stupid in their ideals and shit. But they the only two child stars that I can name that's worth a damn right now and haven't been through a whole binge of drugs and a fucked up ass life. I mean... Well, Lil Wayne is doing drugs right now. (laughs) Well, he ain't doing the kind of drugs that you got to recover from in the sense of going into rehab. I mean, he just smoked weed every day. I don't know. You do? Well, he's probably not... I guess he probably don't have an addictive personality. Keisha Knight. Oh, he got addictive personality. What about Rudy from Cosby's? Or I'm trying to think. Now, don't get me wrong. We can we can sit here and name four we or could. five, but we ain't gonna be able to name a lot of them. 
opposed to the ones we can name that went through some fucked up shit. Yeah. Or the ones that if we go look for the fire from all of these old shows, mm-hmm. they fucked up. They just they just fucked up. They out the game. We can name five or six that's still here, but what happened to uh from Family Matters, the the girl? Uh, what's her name? Which one? What was her name in Family Matters? The one that went upstairs and never came back down. <laughs> Judy. <laughs> Judy. She got she got into porn after drugs, and then she got into drugs after porn. Yeah, and but then, they fucked. Her. They like got rid of her, and so she was a child star that like <laughs> had to experience getting fired. <laughs> Cause they ain't even acknowledged that she was even on the show. They just went on without her. Like her character just never fucking existed. So that could have had something to do with her spiral down. Is what happened to her on that show. Cause they just got rid of her ass. I don't know why. I think I I don't remember why they got rid of her. And even so, it's like a it's still like a combination of your temperament, your experiences, all of this. The shit. Maori girls, sister, sister. We got some exceptions to the rule. We do. And then that stupid like I just don't think that how he his life has gone is an excuse for being this ignorant about something that is so obvious. Like this isn't some kind of covert kind of shit like this is some obvious shit like how do you say because you got money and it's a white man filming you <laughs> that black lives matter because of that i don't know I, if I, he had said rich black lives matter okay maybe so i don't know man it's like it's Lil wayne he's like a tear below kanye west top hat unicorn <laughs> monocle world He's the one tier below that, and only because of drugs, mostly, <laughs> mostly because of drugs. But I don't know; it's just irresponsible, and it goes into the situation where it's like, if you have a platform, you should speak about social justice and justice issues. No, the fuck you shouldn't. That is not <laughs> a prerequisite for you to be able to talk shit. The prerequisite for you to talk things and speak about important societal circumstances situations and social justice is that you have some fucking common sense yes and that you be able to speak and that you be able to articulate yep. and a part of it is the media quit asking Lil Wayne questions <laughs> about that shit we don't give a fuck about what Lil it's like that Dave Chappelle shit <laughs> where it's like uh here, here to talk about the disaster that's happened is Ja Rule. <laughs> and he's like, who the fuck, who gives a fuck what Ja Rule thinks at a time like this? <laughs> like, ain't nobody like, hey, what the fuck is happening? Let's go find Lil Wayne and see what's going on. Go talk to some motherfuckers that know what's going on. And I just feel like they be trying to catch these celebrities up in this shit. Lil Wayne, and then Lil Wayne, he came out and apologized, but now he's saying that he mad at ABC, I think it's ABC that Nightline is on for airing the shit because he tried to get it canned before it got aired. But if you watch the video, the the like the original commentator dude, he wasn't hearing that shit. He he was going in on Lil Wayne, <laughs> like so they I definitely use that. Oh my god! Expendable, <laughs> expendable artists. <laughs> He even putting out shit right now because he can't because he still got that whole love triangle going on with him and baby and fucking dr- the dress wear. What's his name? Leon, Leon Thug. Thug. <laughs> I used to like Lil Wayne, and I'm one. That's not to say that I want to listen to his album when it came out, but 
But I really used to like Lil Wayne. I used to listen to all of Lil Wayne stuff. I mean, we can go back to when he was 15, and I can spit out a song from every album up until then, even his underground squad up and dedication and gangster grills and all of them. I mean, but after he did that rock shit and then he retired and then he started skateboarding and <laughs> all that extra shit, I was like, okay, it's time up. <laughs> I've never time been up for Lil Wayne. A big hip hop fan. I'm also not a fan of country music, which takes us into the CMTs. Okay. So white people mad as fuck. What the T stand for? Country music television. Oh. Is that is it is called a CMT Awards? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um so white people are mad because Beyonce performed at the CMT Awards with so CMAs is what I think is Country Music Awards. Mm-hmm. Um with the Dixie Chicks and they're saying that she's not a country artist and she's a anti she's anti police and she's uh this instigator of, of, of terrorism because she supports Black Lives Matter and just real in their feelings and they all and they don't also the Dixie Chicks were banned from the CMA because of their beliefs. I think around when it, when Bush was in office, mm-hmm. they they were very vocal about him being not shit, and yeah. white people didn't like that. And so they were just very upset. And if you go under the video and look at of, of the performance and look at the comments, it's a whole lot of racist shit <laughs> being said down there. Now, I do not like country music. I listen to literally everything from Panic at the Disco. Par- I listen to at '90s rock. Love it. Country music has never been one of my genres. And I think I finally figured out why that is. And I know it's a little bit racist, but here it is. So I don't think that every white person that listens to country music is racist. But I think most people that are racist listen to country music. And so when I hear that, that, that accent, that twang of, of the voice, I just it it just puts me in a bad space, and I just don't. It makes me not like country music because I just see some like hick ass white boy in one of the four by four trucks with the giant tires. Like I just see like some country shit when I hear the country music. So I'm not a fan personally. I. There are very few country songs that I can tolerate. <laughs> um, I just can't. I can't get with the genre. I can't. I've tried. Me either. I can't. It's too slow. I just can't do it. It's is that twang on it is a problem for me. I don't like the twang. It seems whiny. I know it's not, but it just feels whiny to me when a dude. It's like it's like when you was young. And you were asking for your mama for something in that little tone. Can I please have it? Like that, I feel like that's kind of country music, except in song format. She'd be like, "Boy, quit whining." You know, I feel like it's like that. But I just—it's just how the words are saying. It ain't nothing against country music. I mean, I'm, I don't care I'm about sure the lyrics and some of the things are great. Yeah, you know. But I, we have seen collaborations of. Hip hop artists and country music, R and B artists, and like, now all of us are not accepting of that. I will say that 
we have like the blue-eyed soul singers not all of us are accepting of that but i feel like like i feel like most people like adele i fucks with blue-eyed soul yeah and i ain't even talking about i ain't even talking about the ones that you know like the blue-eyed artists that i like you don't even know their name yeah (laughs) i don't even know their name (laughs) i don't remember tom mish i think t-o-m-m-i-s-c-h um jordan rakay I don't know. I don't know. I, <laughs> them names like they they can sing like a mother. Remy Shand, he old. Well, he coming out with some new shit, but but I just feel like we have a and this. I think we talked about this before that we have a tendency to be more accepting because we've had to over the years be more accepting. But like you would think that Beyonce got up there and performed like some Black Power shit. You would think she got up there and performed Formation the way she performed the country song that, and it's one of my least favorite songs on her new album called Daddy Lessons. It is a country based song and she's from fucking Texas. Like I just don't I don't understand why everybody's so pressed about it and why it had to turn so racist. Like I said, it, I don't care what video like whether you look at it on YouTube, whether you look at it on some, wherever you go to a video of that performance and you look at the comments, it is in shambles, racist ass shambles. A measure of racism is connected to level of intelligence. <laughs> and there are far more dummies in this world than there are intelligent, intelligent people. people. And so, when you're talking about people that create a system, the intelligent people that are likely not racist are the ones that perform with Beyonce, <laughs> are the ones that put Beyonce on the stage. They know they fan base racist as fuck. They could have not put Beyonce up there, but yeah. you know what? They know they fan base racist as fuck, and they don't measure how they do based on they dumbass sales. Yeah, and that's not just white people. That's People of low intelligence levels of every culture is much more likely to be racist and stupid and ignorant and not willing to expand their mind and learn about shit. And so that's what makes the comment section so dangerous is because in any in any racially related shit and sometimes the shit that ain't racially related. That's what make it dangerous is because you're essentially listening to all the dummies in our society weighing in they two cents that ain't based on no kind of research no kind of understanding uh, that's not to say that they ain't some smart ass racist that's not to say that there are some well searched and well versed racists out there in research <laughs> because realistically you can cater whatever you want the dialogue to be to wherever you want it to be you can yeah. make anything but that's what research does you know but at the end of the day when you're talking about that general racism that ain't even warranted like for just merely Beyonce performing at the CMAs you're talking about the dummies. You're talking about the people that ain't intelligent enough to understand diversity, to understand the differences between people and to be able to have the the depth of knowledge to understand and coexist with those people without saying, I just want to I just want to live in this little bitty box that I have. I like my fucking box. They not finna come and take my boxes. That's what they do. They try to take boxes. They don't have the capacity to do that shit. It's just That's how I can deal with racism. Matter of fact, last week. Oh yeah. Last week I was riding in a county that is just known for is a predominantly white county, and a dude was behind me. I live in Alabama now. I, a dude was behind me, and he pulled beside me in a no pass zone on his motorcycle. I saw his face. I saw his tag. I saw where he drove. He put one hand next to his mouth and screamed "nigger" and then kept going. <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck now? I, if I did something wrong, 
I can say, damn, well, I guess I shouldn't have pulled out in front of him. Well, damn, I guess I shouldn't have put on the brakes in front of him with his motorcycle. I literally wasn't doing shit. I was just driving. <laughs> and so, one, that's the kind of shit that I feel like Trump done helped make stronger. Mm-hmm. Two, he just a dumbass motherfucker that gonna live in his same old house with that same old bike with his same old stinking ass tobacco breath, <laughs> you know, taking a bath three three times a week, maybe, <laughs> going out, jumping in the lake, because that's his bath. He going to die in that same ignorance yeah. that he just showed me. And I don't have time to give a fuck about people who ain't got no intelligence, got no sense, got no knowledge, and don't give a fuck about having none of it. That's how I deal with racism. I don't give a fuck about motherfuckers that ain't got sense. I mean, what they, what's hard for me is intelligent intelligent well versed racists that's that's that now that do get me a little bit but the dumb motherfuckers it's too many of them to give a fuck about it's just ridiculous like i can sit here and think of so many like nelly and it was it tim mcgraw that over and over LL song cool J. LL, which one was ll cool j he it wasn't over my head nelly that oh, was nelly we, we talking tim about two McGraw. different songs yeah nelly yeah. did a song with tim mcgraw and then yeah. ll cool j did a song with somebody else yeah Talking about some chain taking chains. I mean, chains. hell, even way, yo, yeah, <laughs> even way back, you had Run DMC and Aerosmith. Like, fuck, Kendrick Lamar did a, uh, with Imagine Dragon. Like, we just seem to be so much more accepting of of people stepping outside of whatever genre they're in and inviting other people collaborations. Like, I think it's cool when artists collaborate that are within two different genres. I never have had a problem with it. And I don't care where they were performing it at. But, like, literally, simply because Beyonce, <laughs> she, y'all got a problem. Not because you didn't like the song. Not because the song wasn't, you know, country music. Not, none of that. Simply because Beyonce performed with the Dixie Chicks at what you feel like was an event that she shouldn't have been at. The fuck? I'm pretty sure it's some country artists that didn't like it. And I'm pretty sure yeah, just that, like it's a rock. Was it Kenny Chesney? There's like a meme going around in his face because he looked bothered the whole time. There were country artists that didn't like the fact that she was there. I mean, it is what it is. That's Country music fans and them, they the Blue Lives Matter people. But see, that's what I'm saying. This is they ain't one even of the all reasons. lives matter people. They the blue lives matter this people. This is one of the reasons I can't fucking get like those are the kind of things I think about when I hear country music, and those are the kind of things that I've equated to country music, and I just can't fucking listen to it. It's ruined an entire genre of music for me because I again I don't think that all people that listen to country music are racist, but I feel like a lot of racists listen to country music, especially here in the South, because I have to base this upon where I'm at. So especially down here, a lot of them are rolling around bumping country ass music. I bet it's a lot of underground country music that is actually racist as fuck. Probably you so. know, like oh, our underground yeah. rap music. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it yeah, ain't no yeah. more racist than just generally talking about white people negatively. But I bet it's some racist ass underground oh, country music sure it that is. you gotta stop playing when black folks come around. <laughs> like hit play, hit hip hip pause, hit pause, hit pause, okay. <laughs> Let them walk by. <laughs> Hold on, play it real quick. See if something come up. Okay, nah, just keep going. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't. I just they probably got groups named like stuff like the Hangers <laughs> for hanging niggas. <laughs> I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> Ain't no telling what kind of name, like what kind of racist country names. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, but I do not listen to country music because it just puts to mind 
the stupid people like that like when i hear it and I, usually when i'm out if i hear country music being played loudly it's by that stereotypical motherfucker it, with a mud covered vehicle because all he doing his free time is go mud riding and probably do shit like holler out the one the nigga at people so i just can't listen to the genre because that's what it makes me think of um so speaking of racism <laughs> lena dunham what is lena dunham special for girls she's the creator of that movie that movie the show i think on hbo called girls okay it's a show on girls and HBO. she acts in the show she created it and she acts in it okay so lena dunham said that she believes that what the hell she say oh lena dunham said that we need to make straight white men extinct in order to evolve men into better men. Oh, she really need a fucking publicist. She needs somebody to say, Lena, shut the fuck up. You're not going to be saying that in public. Let's reframe that somehow. This is the same bitch that essentially admitted to molesting her sister when they were children and then got mad when people got upset about it. Like she put it in a book. And then thought that other people were the perverts for reading that into it. Bitch, you said you touched on her when y'all was going to sleep. Like, when nobody put nothing into it, that's what you said. That's what you said, Heffer. Like, I don't understand. So, this ain't the first time she didn't say some shit that she shouldn't have said. The same thing, she was the one who um, said that that basketball player wouldn't talk to her because oh, she wasn't being... This the same bitch, same lady, same same one. She's constantly saying shit she should just have kept to herself all the yeah. time. This being included in that. So your solution is to a, extinct a group of people <laughs> because that's okay. It's the white people way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Old white people way. Not the new white people way. The fuck Let is she the new that. Hitler? Instead of like Jewish people, she's just white men is gonna be what she goes after now. The thing is straight white men specifically. Like how she plan on doing that? <laughs> like same way Hitler did it. Had some concentration camps. Put all of them in there and slowly, methodically kill them off one by one. But they coming back. Are you gonna do it to the kids too? What about seventeen year olds if it'll be eighteen? Because she said to to turn them into better people. <laughs> so the babies are safe. They'll just be raised by, you know, non sexist, non rapey. I don't I don't know what a plan is. So let me tell you what a publicist would say. <laughs> if I was Lena Donald's publicist, I'll tell you what I would say. Listen, Lena, <laughs> you are not polished at all. You don't have any tact and the things you say need to be said differently. Okay, now let me propose. You you you're telling me that white men should be extinct. Straight, Straight white, white men, men should be extinct. I get it. But what we're talking about are the ideals that represent straight men. Straight white men. The thing that makes straight white men powerful are not the fact that they're straight and white. It's the fact that they believe that white is powerful. And that they believe that things outside of straight don't deserve a place in the world. And so you have to challenge the ideals of straight white men to change them for a younger generation so that they don't have those stringent ideas that straight white men have. You need to talk about challenging the system of 
white supremacy as it pertains to white people and the homophobia as it pertains to being men and limiting other groups of people women and other sexualities to be a part of that system that's what you need to do lena you would be such a much better publicist than me because i would have just told her sit your ass down you know that you don't know how to speak we didn't already have to clean up i don't know how much shit this year and i'm not cleaning it up anymore so what you're not gonna do is get out here and say that bullshit what you're gonna do is you're gonna stick to this script that i gave you and if you don't i fucking quit and you still gonna honor my contract how about that like well, you- I would be trying to educate her because she's stupid and I don't feel like she is able to take that on. With as much stupid shit as she spews, you would earn your salary just by trying to educate her. You'd never get to be her publicist because she's an idiot. (laughs) It's like the difference between like when you watch movies and it's like a, uh, a world in the end movie or something and it's two different ways to perceive it. This is the end and this is the end as we know it. Mm-hmm. This is the end implies just a complete extinction. This is the end as we know it means it'll be a different way of existing than we have previously existed. Mm-hmm. And her what she's saying is that this is the end of white straight men. But the idea behind it which I can get behind this idea is straight white men as we know them needs to be extinct. Because in our society, straight white men get a pass for a lot of things. And it don't it's not because people are giving it to them, it's because they're giving it to themselves. And it's because they are the ones that have the power. They are the ones that written the rules. They are the ones that made the corporations. They were the ones that made everything when brown people and women didn't have an opportunity to do shit. They made everything. And so they can give everything the shit that they have. And so it's one of them difficult situations because you they the ones that have to submit they to their own power to let other people have shit and so that has to come with challenging that system and finding men that are willing to give up that power for for justice you know what i'm saying for everybody because it's one thing if you're naturally good at something you know what i'm saying if you are naturally a good ass quarterback and you're leading that team, that's different than being a decent quarterback that was put right there because of your relation to the coach mm-hmm. or because of your skin color. And that's what white that's what America is. It's y'all ain't there because you're naturally talented and naturally strengthened strengthened and naturally supposed to be there. It's because you put yourselves there because of the connections that you have. And if you really care about justice, then you'll allow anybody who is as good enough to be at that place, you'll allow them a seat at the table. You'll allow them an opportunity. But they got to give up power for that, which I don't know if it'll ever happen. You Carrying on with this theme that we seem to have had this episode, uh, Khloe Kardashian, and I, it pains me every time I say Kardashian. You I, it, said, I, I want to go back through all our podcasts and see how many times you done said it and just get a whole counter up. That'll be beautiful. It was just making me sad. Let's not do that. You making yourself sad then? I am. I am, and I, you know, for punishment. Yeah, basically. Suffer. <sighs> so, Khloe Kardashian uh, posted an Instagram picture of her with fake dreadlocks in her head, and she had the laughing till she cries emojis up there, and of course, people. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with these Kardashian sisters. Like, I really think that they feel like they're gonna get a pass because they like to date black men. You're not black, though. You're not black by association. That is not how that shit works. Um, and, you know. But you do get a pass. Why? From who? Him? 
from the three or four people exactly. <laughs> who have allowed that. <laughs> because I promise you right now, if if I walk through the mall and I saw three out of the four Kardashians, when recognize them, I only recognize <laughs> Kim. I promise you, I'd be like, look like I seen her somewhere. I keep going about my business. Well, to be honest, Mind you, if I knew who it was, I keep going about my business anyway because I don't give a fuck about celebrities like that. But I wouldn't be able to recognize them. I mean, honestly, you probably wouldn't be able to even if you had seen them because they get so much fucking work done to their faces and bodies that from week to week, you know, who knows what these bitches are going to look like. But I digress. It is not okay for you to make fun of a hairstyle that is associated with a specific culture. It's just not the same way that it's not okay. I think she was the same person who was dressed as Storm, which is fine because she didn't do blackface, but she took a picture with one of her friends who was dressed as, I think, an Indian chief. Not okay. Not okay. And I feel like we had this conversation prior to Halloween where we were telling y'all to not do blackface. Don't don't make costumes that make fun of other cultures such as Indians. It's not okay. It's not okay. And and wearing dreads for fun or to make fun of, it's not okay. So you take those laugh to your cry emojis as making fun of the style? Yes. Not laughing at herself? No. For being stupid? Then she would have, in order for that to be the case, she would have to recognize that she's stupid. And I don't think that she does. Were they pink? They were different colors. They were different colors. I think I've seen that picture. Because there were, uh, this was the same, It like she did this. This was this, her, her sister got shit because she walked in a show that I cannot remember. One of these fashion designers, I don't fucking remember which one of them it was, had a bunch of white women with fake dreads in different colors. And people were upset about that as well. Um, and so then you know that people got upset about that, but because you with this man you stole from his pregnant girlfriend, this ball player, now I guess you feel like it's okay for you to do this. Tristan Williams, is that his name? No idea. She fucking some dude that got a pregnant girlfriend out here somewhere. He left a pregnant girlfriend for Chloe because, you know, whatever. Mm. I don't... Appropriation versus appreciation. No. I know that ain't this. I know that ain't okay. this. Don't get me wrong. All right. I ain't saying that is this. Appreciation would be if she had actually dreaded. No, that's white people with dreadlocks that go through that whole process and they go through, you know, the people in their life being like, what the fuck is going on with your head? I feel like that's a little bit different than this shit. Than you doing this, then you could just take this shit off whenever you get ready to and move on with your life. I actually had a friend that I went to high school with that she wore dreads for. She doesn't have them anymore, but a white. She was a white girl who wore dreads for years. She wore her dreadlocks, and then she decided to. I think she took them down because it's easier for them to like actually take them down because their hair doesn't dread the same way that our hair does, and so. She ended up cutting a little bit of her hair, but for the most part, she was able to take them out and not have to lose too much length. But she wore her dreadlocks for years and had to deal with, you know, the stigma that came with her doing that and, and, and people feeling like maybe she looked unkempt and unwashed or whatever the fuck. 
I think that's different than you putting some yarn on your head <laughs> and taking an Instagram photo and then being able to go on with your life. Appropriation versus appreciation. I'm coming up with this off the top of my head. Try to help you understand it, okay? You have a relic that you got from your grandma that has gone down from grandchild to grandchild to grandchild to grandchild. And it is very important to you. It is intertwined in your history. And your grandma has passed away. She has since gone. But you have this relic that you love. You have a friend that comes in and sees it and likes it because it's pretty. And they want to take it and wear it because it's pretty. You're not going to be happy with that. No. Because that relic is intertwined in your history, intertwined in your family, was given to you by someone that meant something to you, that was important to you. It's more than just a pretty thing that you can take to be an object of just that you look at. It's more than that. It's always more than that. Appropriation is taking that thing because it's pretty. Appreciation is sitting down with that person, letting them know that it's pretty and hearing the story behind it so that they can learn the history of your family, about your grandma, about why it means so much to you so that they can walk away with more appreciation from it than just it looking pretty. If you're taking something from another culture and you have no idea what it means to that group of people, you're appropriating it. If you have taken the time to understand it, to know it, to know what the value of it is, then I think you're in a position to say, is this even something I can use to show appreciation? Because some things I don't think you can. Yeah. Some things you can. Some things you can pay homage to it by letting people know and helping people understand what the importance of it is to a culture. And I think that's the difference. So if you just putting fake locks in your head, but you don't know where locks originated, where they came from and what the meaning behind them is the meaning the significance of african-americans to them then or africans then or rasta or now yeah that's a whole different yeah that's a different genre (laughs) but if you don't know all of that stuff and you using it like you using it wrong and it's still possible to know that shit and use it wrong but at least if you know that shit then it'll be more comforting to the people that you're taking it from to know that, damn, they invested time in my life, in my history, in understanding my thing. So I'm glad they know something about it. But don't use it if you don't know it and definitely don't pass it off as your own. And don't treat it like it's something that you created. You know, Indian catcher tattoos. We talked about this. Gauges in your ears, tribal tattoos. All of that shit is related to culture that has become vastly popularized just because people like how the fuck it look but don't know shit about it. So. I mean, I don't expect any better from the Kardashians, but I just thought I would mention it because all the fuck they do is shit like appropriate cultures and just do whole shit. That's just who they are as a people. You should call them something different from here on out. You need to make up a name for them. Kartrashians? That's better than what I was thinking. Huh. I was thinking Skardashians. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe Scar from Lion King because they evil. Or maybe because... Be prepared. I love Lion King. I don't know. I don't know. Kartrashians. I bet trash. somebody done said that before, I'm though. Sure. I'm sure I heard it from somewhere else. That's why I was able to come up with this so fast. 
I'll have to think of Kardashians. <laughs> That's too difficult Mine to say. Lame. You got to stop. Yeah, because the syllables don't go together. You got to stop. Yes. <laughs> anyway, what else do I have? The last thing I got is Dillard University in Louisiana had a plan to host their elections and their primaries, the debates at their campus. This is an HBCU. This is a historically black, black college and university. Yeah. It was not open to the students. It was just going to be a closed debate. There is somebody in Louisiana that has been running for governor that is not a good person to run, which is David Duke, the original leader of the KKK. When this school accepted that debate format, they didn't take into consideration that he might get enough votes to participate in the debate. Mm -hmm. And so now you have a situation where, oh, no, we're HBCU, a school that was founded on the exclusion from white universities. And here we are about to host a debate with the former leader of the Ku Klux Klan, somebody who likely supports segregation likely. and supports black people having their own school. Likely? <laughs> I don't know what his beliefs and thoughts are. I don't want to claim to know exactly what they are. Okay. He likely does. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I can't say he certainly does. But it turned into black students getting pepper sprayed because they were trying to get in. They were trying to stop. I don't know what they were going to do when they got in, but it would end up being a police versus students trying to stop the situation. I feel like as an administration They should have cancelled that shit They should have said okay well we can't do it Cause it's inappropriate at that point It it's, don't matter if the students are gonna be there Or not the, the, the purpose and the history behind That school Deems that a motherfucker that used to run The KKK should not step foot on that Campus like no That's not okay and what is what message Does that send to the students even if they're Not there he was there like no They should have just canceled it why would you even Allow this to just happen y'all gonna have, I hope y'all had a plan B because you're Gonna have to find somewhere else to host this shit Because it ain't gonna be here because they're Gonna lose a lot more money in student Revenue than they would gain because From whatever they said To an HBCU that allowed a, a former member of the KKK to come And spew whatever fucking Campaign rhetoric he has Like I wouldn't want to give y'all My money at that point fuck that No I wouldn't I wouldn't be fond of that shit if it was my damn The white institutions I went to Yeah any school <laughs> I wouldn't like, want To be at a place where a former Not just a member of the The leader of the KKK He wasn't just a member He led the members Of this fuck ass organization Are you kidding me no that's not okay no, uh-uh, nah. <laughs> they should have canceled that shit. They should have. And I mean, I ain't have much on that. It's just, it's just crazy that I don't even know his platform. Like, I don't even know what he believes. It's not possible that he could have changed his values and ideals about, you know, white supremacy. But it though he don't even have to have changed that shit. But the thing is, even if he changed that shit completely, you still David Duke, motherfucker. Exactly. You still did all that shit. The shit that you've done that we don't even know about deems you not appropriate in my eyes. Because I'm sure he was involved in a whole lot of fuck shit that he never got convicted. Like, obviously, he didn't get convicted of anything because he wouldn't be able to be running for governor. But I'm sure he's done a whole lot of fuck shit in the time that he was the what? What is it called? The Grandmaster? Ain't that what they leader call? Or is it just a different? Is it Grand Wizard? I think so. Whatever the fuck they called. Like he didn't done a whole lot of fuck shit to black people. I can imagine at this point. So, no, sir. 
Mm-mm. You don't get a pass, especially considering the fact that you got away with all of the stuff that you did and you are now free to run for an office. Nah. <laughs> this okay. legislation don't fuck black folks up in Louisiana. Hell yeah. And I don't know if it's for governor. I don't know if it's for something. Whatever he running in Louisiana. for. He don't need to be in no kind of political mm-hmm. uh, seat at all. <laughs> at all. No. But that's all I got. That's all I got. You got anything else on your mind? So, AC Blow, if y'all know who that is, he was, he's been on the two episodes, I think, at this point. Had a problem listening to the episode in which I was deathly ill. Okay, maybe not deathly ill, but I was sick. And my voice sounded a little Michelle A. lot Michelle Whatever. So, he wanted us to summarize what we talked about as far as rape culture is because uh, he, he couldn't understand he said he couldn't stop laughing long enough to listen so and other people didn't listen <laughs> what do y'all want from me <laughs> I, I the show had to go on anyway it's always done it's good but let's <laughs> recap so basically the question was what is rape culture because he listened to this podcast that said that men talking about women and sex in any context is uh rape culture and we basically both agreed that that is not the case um now if you're talking about unconsensual sex or non-consensual sex then yes that is rape culture but you talking about you know sleeping with Susie over the weekend and it was consensual is in bad taste but it's not rape culture. Men talk about sex. It's what men do. And women talk about sex. It's what women do. Women have those same conversations. In talking about, about sex, some men talk about appropriate sexual relationships in which they are with their wives or they're with their girlfriends or they are fantasizing about people that they would like to be with potentially in a consensual manner. There is a subgroup of men that talk about sex in the context of it being forceful of it being their will and what they want and not considering whether the woman wants to or will have sex with them. And that is a problem. That I is Donald rape Trump. culture. <laughs> I eat Donald Trump. Grabbing the pee. That is rape culture. If yes. you're not talking about sex in the context of a woman not knowing or not wanting it, then you participate in rape culture. And a big part of it is, listen, I talk to a lot of dudes I've had conversations with a lot of dudes and I'm not saying that, you know, if one of your partners be like, you know, I drugged this bitch last week. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's going to be hard for you to say, sir, you're participating in rape culture. You are very, very wrong. And you need to change your opinions. This is a misogynistic society in which women need to have rights. And we as men shouldn't, you ain't going to do that shit. Okay. But at the end of the day, you might need to let your partner know, you know, I mean, what you talking about kind of borderline and on some, you know, stuff that'll get you locked up, bro. It's rapey. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> probably not. A, you probably can't even say rape. You know what I'm saying? But that's just as a man that don't really subscribe to all of that bullshit when it comes to that misogyny as one that don't subscribe to. I'm, I, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, a woman I just a woman gonna have to it's just consent and I, I don't care I don't even care to have sex so I don't want to have sex with me in the fullest 
I don't even want to convince somebody to have sex with me. You know, if you don't want to have sex with me, we ain't having sex. Period. If I gotta convince you to have sex with me, we ain't having sex. That's just me. I'm not. If I'm, if you that dude, you're not likely to be talking to a lot of dudes that's like you. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes you just gotta find a way to craft the dialogue that help them understand that you know I ain't really with that shit for real, and it can get you fucked up at some point. So just know that somebody done told you that. If this go the wrong way, you get fucked up. But just generally talking about sex ain't rape culture. No, it's not. So hopefully that answers his little stupid ass question. <laughs> I mean, uh, so like I've heard dudes say that one, all women have a rape fantasy, which there are women that exist that have rape fantasies. Just like there I've, are women that exist that have webbed toes. That well, like I said, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, but. That is a very tiny, minuscule group, and it's one that you should never expect to exist in a way that you should act upon it on your own. The fact that you even believe that gonna have me looking at you sideways and not even wanting to be in your presence, because if you believe that, then that means that I'm gonna have to fuck you up at some point, because in your mind, I also have a rape fantasy, and that means somebody's gonna have to die. So at the point that I encounter somebody who actually believed that, I'm not even finna try to educate you. I just know to stay away from your no rape saying, You need to, you need, no woman has a rape fantasy. That's what you need to internalize to yourself, man. No woman has a rape fantasy. Now, if a, a single isolated woman at some point in your relationship says that, then I still be skeptical of that shit myself <laughs> personally. But you shouldn't believe that shit exactly. And then this next one is men have this idea. Some women buy into it is that no means yes. Because a lot of that goes into the chase, the, you know, that men are supposed to put in towards women. But a lot of men have internalized that, you know, when women say no, they mean yes. I've heard that shit too. Dude, don't let y'all homeboys walk around with this bullshit in their heads. Please do not let them walk around with this bullshit in their head. It's going to get them in a Nate Parker situation. And I promise you, they don't have the lawyer, the education, or the intelligence to not get their ass locked up for 20 years as Nate Parker had. At the point that you are feeling like my no actually means yes, my next no is going to come with my foot in your balls. <laughs> and I don't know how you would be able to misinterpret that. Like, I don't understand. If it ain't yes, then it's no. Like, just operate under that. If it is not a definite yes. So that also includes if she is too intoxicated or too passed out to give you a, a yes, it's a no motherfucker just operate off of that if it if she does not explicitly say yes then it's a no because here's the thing the semantics of this will get you you are gonna be the one that's gonna be in trouble so for your own safety if it isn't a yes then it's a no it's a no silence is not a yes silence is a no if it is not an explicit yes it's a no it's just what it is Man, I don't know. You just shouldn't want to have sex with nobody that got to be intoxicated or that you got to convince to have sex or any of that. You just shouldn't. You shouldn't even want that, man, from nope. my perspective. But that conditioning of men supposed to be fucking conquerors or whatever that fucking shit they supposed to be. I don't know, man. I don't care either. Dumbasses. Anyway. Well, that's all I got. I mean, be it. anything else on your mind? Nope. Well, 
Until we come to the next conversation. We out. Holla.